Welcome to Thriving at Home, a podcast where we discuss all things family, marriage, parenting, and relationships. Our goal, to disturb and disrupt the ordinary mundane life and give you the tools to move from surviving to thriving. We're your hosts, Eddie and Jessica Harrison. And we're so glad you're here. Let's go. Welcome back to the Thriving in Home podcast. This is episode number five. Yay! <laughs> and last week and this week, we've been talking about taking a personal inventory of our lives. And we've hit on some very um, hard questions, but important questions as we assess what is currently going on in our lives. And as we look into this new year, we're now in the second week of the year, but as we look forward into 2020, what are the adjustments that we need to make in our lives uh, to make ourselves better and make ourselves more productive and make ourselves more uh, spiritually connected, relationally connected, physically connected, all these different things that we um, value so much in our lives. How can we tweak these things in 2020 and make them even better? Yeah, I've, it's been a great start to the new year so far. And some of these questions, really thinking over them, it helps. It's so valuable. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so we talked about last week um, that we're, we're not so much focused on setting goals. Um, goals are a good thing. And there's some people that are just like naturally gravitating. They naturally gravitate towards goals and they say, that's me. That's you. Yeah. They, they say goals are good. Let's set goals. And hey, if we, even if we don't hit the goal, uh, we made progress, that kind of thing. And then there's people, uh, like I said last week, that are more like me in the sense that they, they might even avoid goals or be a little bit uh, leery, a leery of goals because they're afraid of failing because they're afraid of setting this big audacious, uh, you know, landmark goal only to fall short. And what we're not, what we're talking about last week and this week is not just setting goals. We're actually talking about like, what are the baby steps that we can take in our lives? Um, based on what has happened last year, uh, what are the baby steps that we can take in our lives to be better this coming year. And so last year we talked about relational uh, health. We talked about physical health and we talked about our calling ministry and purpose. This week, we're going to hit on three brand new categories of these personal inventory questions. But I want to remind you, first of all, of the scripture that we shared last week, second Corinthians 13, five says, examine yourselves to see if your faith is genuine, test yourselves. Lamentations 340 says, let us examine and probe our ways and let us return to the Lord. And 1 Corinthians eleven twenty eight says, but a man must examine himself and in doing so, he is to eat of the bread and drink of the cup. So the Bible is super clear that like we are to be reflective on what is going on in our lives and um, really considering our own ways as we go. Um, so as we move into these categories today, um, I'll remind you like I did last week that this is, uh, these are not my, this is not my list. I did not put this list together. These, these questions were curated, uh, by my pastor and our pastor and our friend, Brian Moore. And he was so generous to let us use this on the podcast because I feel like this is just gold for people. And so let's jump right in. The first category that we're going to talk about today is financial. We're going to talk about our financial health. And again, this is depending on what, how you have grown up or how you were raised, this can be a kind of a touchy thing to talk about. Yeah. And, and the reality is, is that there are a lot of couples uh, who don't talk about finances at all. Um, and we think, and, and we established very early in our marriage, that it was going to be something that we talked about and we were going to be on the same page about it. Yeah, I mean, there's 
just sobering statistics that say that money fights and money problems is one of the major causes of divorce in America. So we can take that information and decide like we need to have an open conversation about this because there's value in communicating about being on the same page in your marriage with this. Yeah. We, you know, I I don't, growing up, it was kind of taboo. Like we never really talked much about it. Sure. Or planned. And there, I think the lack of planning felt scary as a child. There were times I felt a lot of insecurity um, around this topic. Yeah. And so I think we were married two years and we just decided to go all in with really getting on the same page making a plan um and albeit we're not perfect always with the plan but it really helps us yeah. navigate um and just give every dollar put every dollar to work give absolutely. every dollar a name and it helps a ton absolutely so as we're taking personal inventory the first question that you can ask yourself in this area of financial health is are my finances in order are my finances in order um you know some follow up questions to that could be do we have a budget are we working the budget um, do I have any debt beyond my mortgage? Uh, we believe strongly that, you know, while the Bible doesn't call debt a sin, uh, we do believe that debt can be a burden and, 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 and is oftentimes a weight around your neck yeah. that prevents you from really being able to do some of the things that God calls you to uh, if that debt is, is kind of all-consuming and, and dictating where your money is spent. And so the question you need to ask yourself is, are my finances in order? And if they're not, then the simple response to that is, what steps do we need to take to get them in order? Or what steps do we need to take to make our 2020 picture better than our 2019? Yeah, I think that's powerful and it's exciting. And, you know, it's, it's, it's really exciting to think about how a really small amount, if you like take the smallest that you have and decide to knock it out and then you can move to the next and the next, and it kind of becomes a snowball where Mm -hmm. you really actually see momentum and you're like, Oh, this is amazing. And then before you know it, you're like able to pay for cars and stuff. And then you're just like, wow. I mean, it takes years, but it's, you can get there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, The second question you can ask yourself as it relates to financial health is, uh, am I stuck in a weird mortgage? Or it could look like this. Is my auto insurance what it needs to be? Is my, is my life insurance policy the right policy to have? I can speak to this because I sell houses. Yeah. Is yeah. My, I mean, you start asking yourself all these different questions yeah. about, um, you know, you start evaluating all the things that you're spending money on, your subscriptions, your uh, policies, yeah. your cable bill, everything that you have. And you say, um, where can we save money? Where can we save money? Or just do we need to, tw- do we need uh, that thing anymore? Right. So like that thing that we've been paying a subscription for, you know, we've been paying, you know, um, $10 a month for that thing. We didn't use that thing. And so do we need to keep giving them free $10 every month? No, we don't. No, we don't. <laughs> and it's a perfect time to trim back, to cut back. And obviously the benefit is, is that you end up having more money to allocate other places. Yeah, I think life's so busy sometimes that you don't think through that. But I mean, interest rates are amazing. You could refi your house and save like two or 300 bucks a month if you needed to. And you know, you were like, if you don't think of it. Yeah. It was money that you could have saved. So there's just little things like that that you can think of that your income didn't change at all. But just the little checking on things, pricing new insurance out, you never know. You can make some major waves. Yep. And so we're just doing a complete inventory in our lives. And so this is part of it. This is part of our lives. The third question that you can ask yourself in terms of financial health is, um, do I need to make any adjustments to my offering or my giving 
when it comes to my church or charitable organizations? Is God calling me to something maybe that, uh, that I'm not currently doing in the area of giving? And so uh, you may have felt a tug on your heart for a long time that you're supposed to do something in particular. Let's just talk about the church for now because that's the probably the most relevant example to us. But you're, you know that, man, God is really moving you towards this thing and really has given you a heart to contribute financially to this certain thing that is going on at your church, but you've just yet to do it. You've yet to commit. So assess your giving. Um, you know, we're Christians. We believe in tithing. Uh, we right. believe that 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 God is shaping our hearts towards generosity, that he is indexing our hearts towards generosity through the tithe. I don't think God needs our money. I think God can do whatever he wants uh, at any time and could find a way to fund any dream or vision that he has. But what he does is he allows us to be part of his story um, by by allowing us to contribute to the work of the ministry. And so when it comes to tithing, um, I would say this, like, start somewhere. Some of you were, you know, I grew up in a house where, you know, we didn't talk about finances a ton, um, but man, every single um, Sunday morning, I remember my my mom and my stepfather standing at the island in our kitchen and writing the tithe check. And so from a very young age, that was ingrained in my mind, like, yes, we give to God first. We get paid on Friday. We give to God on Sunday. Yeah. And then we do everything else. I feel like it's just this way, like, like you said perfectly, like God doesn't need our money. Like he owns a cattle on a thousand hills. God can operate, do whatever, you know, in us and through us. And, but it's just such a thing of saying, God, everything that we have is yours anyway. Yeah. And so we want to give you 10% right off the top and just do it. So we actually automate the important and we have it auto drafted out like right on the first of the month, yeah. right? When we get paid and it's just an act of worship, an act of faith of just saying, yeah. man, everything we have is yours. So we're not going to keep hundred percent to live on for our, ourselves. We're going to give yeah. that back. And God has been so faithful in our Absolutely. marriage to just, I mean, it's amazing. Like yeah, we believe, just, we believe God can do more with our 90, with our 90% in our yes. family than we can do with our hundred percent. And God has proven that time and time and time God and time math. again. God math works out every time. <laughs> yeah. So, the, but here's the reality for those of you who did not grow up with that strong foundation of tithing mm. and giving in your home, the thought of giving 10% of your income, your Seems total income weird. to the church is not only weird, but it's frightening. Yeah. You know, some people are looking at, it, they're going like, I can't possibly give that much money up because it, it can be a big number um, uh, relative to your total income. But what I would say is this is, is this is again, it's not about the the legalism of 10% as much as it is about God indexing your heart towards generosity. And so the best advice that I can give you is start somewhere. Start somewhere. If you can give 2%, give 2%, and then commit that you're going to increase that giving over time. Or if you can, some people can just start right at 10% and they're like, okay, yeah, we got to cut out uh, this and this, but yeah, we can make it happen, 10%. Yeah. Um, some people can give way more than 10%, and that's where the tithe becomes tithe plus offerings, right? Whatever it is, um, I would just encourage you to uh, to move towards generosity in your own lives. And, you know, this is the only area of Scripture where God says to test him. You know, where God says, he says, I believe it's in the book of Micah, where he says, uh, test me in this and see if I won't throw open the windows of heaven and pour out my blessings on you so much so that you can't even contain them. And I can tell you guys, from, from a couple that's been married 16 years and from coming from families who uh, tithed growing up and stuff like that, that God proves himself faithful time and time and time again. And here's the deal. You tithe to whatever church it is that you go to. 
You like you tithe to the place that that, that is pouring into you and, and and feeding you and investing in you, and just see uh, if this doesn't hold true and if that God doesn't return that to you. And sometimes His blessing doesn't come back to you through um, you know Brian, uh, Pastor Brian always says it. Sometimes His blessing doesn't come back to you in Cadillacs and cash and all that in mansions, but sometimes His blessing comes back to you through um, deep meaningful relationships, through spiritual investment. Right. Uh, there's so many different ways, and we could talk about that a long time, and we will at some point talk about generosity and kind of how our family practices generosity. But um, yeah, that's financially. Uh, those are financially the questions that you should be asking yourself, uh, among others, but those are three important ones. So moving from financial health, now let's talk about mental, emotional, intellectual health, okay? So this is all things um, learning, the brain, our our psyche, you know, what are we doing to nourish our psyche and our brains during uh, 2020? Yeah, I think it's just important to be a lifelong learner. Um, there's so many things we've never arrived. There's never a point where we know enough that we can just stop learning. And so it's it's exciting to ask these. And the first question is, what are my reading goals for 2020? And what are my podcast goals for 2020? I love like I'm not, I told you I'm not a big goals guy. <laughs> but I can get excited about those goals. What kind of podcast are you going to add to your repertoire, babe? Oh my gosh. Actually, in 2020, one of the things that I'm committed to is um, I'm actually committed to limiting the number of podcasts that I listen to, like cutting them down, yeah. but listening to more of those podcasts. So currently I probably oh, that's have... That's a good idea. So currently I probably have, if I'm looking at my list even right now, I probably have 15, a lot. 15 to 20 different podcasts that I listen to. Um and of those 15 to 20, there's only a couple of those that I listen to every episode. Right. And then the rest of them, I'll like skim through the episodes and I will, uh, I'll choose like the ones that stick out to me. But there, but what I've noticed is, is this year, there's a, there's probably five podcasts that every single episode that I listen to is adding incredible value to me. And so I'm trying to cut out some of the noise yeah. of the other ones and really focus in on those, uh, those five podcasts that are speaking kind of the most, um, effectively to me yeah. and what i know is this is that in a year if i want to go back and listen to those others they'll be there yeah they'll still be there so and that's the reason we started this podcast is because podcasts add such value to our life and you can listen to them on the go so i would highly encourage you to find a couple few this year and do that as far Absolutely. as reading and books talk about that yeah so reading for me sometimes it's an audiobook Sometimes it's actually sitting down and reading the actual physical pages of a book. Sometimes it's on the Kindle. To me, it's 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 um it's all good. Um, whatever your learning style is, find that learning style and find that rhythm, and then go all in on that rhythm. And I'll tell you this: before the year two thousand and eleven, um, and I'm I'm going to try to be I'm not going to I'm going to try to not to exaggerate this at all. Before the year two thousand and eleven, uh, I would say that in my life. I had read maybe 10 books in my life that weren't assigned to me in school. So, and by, by books, I mean like actual books, like you can talk about kids books all day long, but actually 10, right. 10 books about around, uh, around the subjects of either self-care or spiritual care or, some, or leadership, stuff like that. I had read maybe 10 books in my entire life. In 2011, when I took the job in California uh, to be the worship pastor at Crosspoint, um, Pastor Brian is he's a, he's an avid reader. He's a huge reader. And he really pushed me in this area and pushed all of us in this area to grow and to learn and to read. And um man, I I now uh there's been it's been up and down throughout the years, but 
that that first year that I was here in 2011, I believe I read 18 books in one year. Uh, the next three years in a row, I read 24 books every year. So I was reading two books a month for three years in a row. And then every year since then, I would say I've read no less than 12, 12 books a year. Yeah. And um, I would also say that over the course of the last eight, nine years since I've been here at Crosspoint, I have grown more spiritually, grown more in my leadership, uh, grown more in my self-care than I ever have before. As a husband, as a father, I've grown more than I ever have before. And it's not all attributed to books, but a lot of it is attributed to yeah, books. Yeah, and this is on top of Bible reading. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. like in addition to. Yeah. I'm really proud of you. Yeah. Well, thanks. That means a lot. Um, and, and I understand that that's like, that's, that's a little crazy. Like my, the pace that I read and the pace that like Pastor Brian reads, that, that's crazy. That's not your rhythm. I mean, like you don't read quite that many books. At yeah. the same time, you have grown a ton. Yeah. There's been like four years I read 12 and then uh, the other ones, six to eight. Yeah. Yeah. And that's huge because uh, that's, that's, you've grown in that area. And so I would say find your rhythm, whatever that rhythm needs to be and, and just be committed to it. Be because there is um, there is a lot of, of, of value that can be added if you're dealing with a specific issue, uh, spiritually, leadership, whatever um, in life, and you like there's probably 25 or more books written on that topic. Can you say your favorite book? I can say my favorite book in the last uh, from the last decade. The, my favorite book from the last decade. Yeah. Oh man, there's been so many. Uh, I'm going to say one of the there's been two books that have been probably, they're probably my favorite books of all time that have been the most transformation, tr transformational, transformational for me in my life. Yeah. Uh, one was a book called Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire mm -hmm. by Pastor Jim Cimbala yeah. of the Brooklyn Tabernacle. Um, it just, uh, it just, w it, it woke me up <laughs> to the power of God and the power of prayer and yeah. to the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and then another book that was crazy uh, good for me and still kind of gets me emotional even thinking about it is a book by John Eldridge called Wild at Heart. Mm -hmm. And then he wrote a follow-up to that, which was even a little bit better than Wild at Heart, which mm -hmm. is called The Way of the Wild at Heart. And those two books, I remember, uh, I remember shooting, uh, shooting baskets in the gym one day and I'm listening to that book and just breaking down as I'm shooting baskets, I'm like crying because I'm just, mm -hmm. it was such a great book for me. Uh, yeah. And sorry. What about you? My favorite is 1,000 Gifts by Ann Boskamp. Yeah. Living a Life of Gratitude. Yeah. She's yeah. such a poetic writer. Transformational. The first few chapters, it was hard for me to be that flowery and yeah. get through like the storyline. And then it really kicks in chapter four, hang in there, people. Um, but yeah, you need it in your life. I needed it in my life. Changing just my whole perspective on the little gratitudes. Yeah. So good. Yeah, absolutely. So, so good. Absolutely. Okay, so in the area of mental and emotional and intellectual and intellectual health, uh, the second question you want to ask yourself is, um, and this is so big, is there anyone whose forgiveness you need to seek? Is there anyone whose forgiveness you need to seek? And the idea about this is keeping short accounts with people. And when you've offended somebody, when you have hurt somebody, really, instead of like avoiding the topic avoiding the issue, hoping that it'll get swept under the rug. Um, you need to run towards that issue and address it and own your part of it. Keep your side of the street clean, as they say, and really seek the forgiveness of that other person. And 
there's really not much else to say about it. Yeah, other un- than that. unforgiveness is not a punishment to the person who offended you. Yeah. Unforgiveness, harboring unforgiveness is actually um, hurting you. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. it's it's really important to deal with. Yeah, and this question specifically is saying, is there anyone that you need to ask forgiveness, oh. ask for forgiveness from? So it's it's more so like, have you offended someone? Have you hurt someone? Do you need to go seek their forgiveness because you've done them wrong? That's good. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Go to them first. The next yeah. question uh, is is closely related to this. Uh, is there anyone who you need to forgive? Is there anyone who has wronged you, who has offended you, who has let you down, who has disappointed you, um, maybe even done you dirty in some way? Is there anyone that you just need to forgive and just say, you know what? I'm going to, uh, instead of holding on to the rope that every time I think of that thing or every time I, that thing's mentioned, I pull that person back closer to me. I'm actually going to drop the rope and, and, and free them up. And so many people in this issue of forgiveness, they, um, they say, I don't, I, I can't forgive them because that'll just let them off the hook. Mm. That'll just let them, uh, like, I can't forgive them. That'll give them a free pass. And really, no, that's not what forgiveness is at all. Forgiveness is you taking them off of your hook and putting them on God's hook. I love that. Yeah. And so is there anyone that you need to forgive, that you need to extend forgiveness to, whether they're asking for it or not? And then the last question in this area uh, of mental, emotional, and intellectual, there's there's a ton of questions we could ask. But the fourth one that we have written down here is, where is there clutter in my life? Where is there clutter in my life? You're smirking at me. Yeah. I mean, for no reason. I don't have a good reason for smirking. I just, where is there clutter in our life? I think we constantly have to go through our lives and declutter. Yeah. You know, you think about an old computer where you had to uh, uh, defrag the computer, where you would use the computer for so long, and then every once in a while you'd have to, you'd have to go through the defrag process to clean up the hard drive and clear up margin and space for new data to be written in, written. And I think in our lives, we have to do the same thing. So for me, for instance, I've created a list of things that coming into 2020 that I want to clean up, um, that I want to organize or make better. uh, And I can't find that list right now. Okay, here it is. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I'm just, can we just, can we just pause for a moment? I'm just in awe that you have, you've, it's just the years just kicked off. You already have a list. Yeah. Of the things that you want to clear and clutter. Like I'm, I am astounded. Yeah. So like, here's some of the things that I want to, that I want to clean up. And a lot of these are work related, but still, uh, I want to clean up, clean up the notes on my phone, my iPhone. I have a million little notes that I've taken over the last several years on my phone, uh, and on my computer that I want to organize and clean up because I don't, I'm getting so inspired. I don't need all that garbage. (laughs) So I need to clean it up and consolidate and take what's good out of there and, and make sure it's in a place where I can find it. And then the other stuff needs to go away. Uh, I want to clean up my Evernote. Um, you know, <laughs> my Evernote is my is my digital brain, right? It's where I keep all of my notes for everything that I ever do. Uh, I want to clean You're that up. You're such a cute nerd. Oh, thanks. I want to clean up my desktop, uh, like my physical desktop and my actual computer desktop. Because if you look at it right now, it uh, it's pretty messy. Like that. It's <laughs> you pretty call messy. that messy. Well, yeah, no, I'm showing her my desktop right now for those of you uh, who are theater of the mind right now. But if you, uh, yeah, if you were to click on, like, look at this. Oh, that is a lot of. 
See? You're hiding your mess, it's but an, it all Oh, yeah, came it's out there. Of- it's there. It's like hidden in folders uh. and stuff. Uh, I have found that in the last several years that when I want to clean my desktop, I end up just making a folder in my Dropbox and calling it desktop stuff and then throwing all my desktop stuff in there and starting fresh on my desktop. So I have like two or three folders in my Dropbox that just say desktop stuff that I have no idea what's in there. So I need to go through those and clean those up. Uh, another thing I need to clean up, my Dropbox. Uh, we just talked about that. Uh, my Google Drive, right? Google Drive, every document I create is in Google Drive. You're laughing at me, but I'm serious with this stuff. This is serious. It's serious. Yeah, it's I'm very serious. I, I want to clean up the apps on my phone. Like I have apps everywhere and, and I use like 10 of them and there's probably 200 on my phone. I need to clean up the apps on my phone. That is going to free up mental space for me. Uh, I want to clean up the bookmarks in my browser. I have bookmarks. I bookmarked everything. I want to clean it up. <coughs> Excuse me. I want to clean up the bookmarks in my browser. Uh, I want to clean up my garage. I want to make sure my garage is organized and cleaned up. I've got, uh, we've got several junk drawers in this house. That I want. Two in the kitchen. Two in the kitchen. Kitchens only need one. Hold on. We've got two junk drawers in the kitchen. We have two junk drawers in our bedroom, in our nightstands. We have, <laughs> we have, I think a bag of stuff in our closet that we dumped out of a desk at one point. Because we got rid of the desk because it became a boy's room and we don't know what to do with the stuff. <laughs> Listen. Marie, condo, if you're listening. <laughs> Marie, we need you. Come to, come, Send help. Come quickly. The point is, is that where is there clutter in my life? And, and, and whether we, whether we want to admit it or not, clutter takes up energy. It takes up space in our lives. In time, it's harder to find things. Aren't you sick of looking for things? <laughs> I'm so sick of it. I'm so sick. It took, it took me, it takes me forever to find anything in my notes on my phone. Forever. <laughs> Anyways, so where is... It's just like 90% of your things were all tech related. Yeah. Which just was cute and made me giggle because I'm just like very like tangible, physical, organizing, cleaning up and tech stuff. I'm just like, whatever. Yeah, I get it. It's like... You like, you're an organized techie. Yeah, it's Okay. Very it's okay. Attractive. I I accept that label and I will wear it proudly. So, <laughs> all right. So, where's their clutter in my life? So that covers uh, mental, emotional, and intellectual. Let's move on to um, getting a little bit more serious here. The most important part of our lives, and that is our spiritual health uh, and our spiritual condition. And the question that I want to start this section with is, I want you to ask yourself, Am I closer to God today than I was at this time last year? Am I closer to God today than I was at this time last year? What we know about God is that he never changes. He never moves. It's not that God drifts away from us and then comes back close to us. God does not move. We actually move away from God. We actually, our hearts drift. Um, I love the old hymn, uh, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. Why is this, when it, when it says, my heart is prone to wander, like my heart at its default setting just wanders away from God and wanders away from his his goodness and his truth. And so the question we need to ask ourselves is, where am I today compared to last year? And what do I need to do to right the ship if it's if it's headed in the wrong direction? Yeah, and I would just encourage everyone to think about your spiritual walk as you are either climbing or declining. There's no, you're not stagnant. Actually, God did have something to say about the church at Laodicea that was stagnant. They were lukewarm. Mm-hmm. Like they, in their minds, just thought, oh, we're somewhere in the middle that's called lukewarm and God really detests that. He'd rather you be hot or cold. Right. You know? Exactly. Than lukewarm. And it talks all about that in Revelation. So that's really inspiring to just um, have a plan to keep climbing spiritually instead of just being um, an apathetic Christian. Like anything we're doing is worth doing well, especially our walk with Jesus. Right. right. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So now that we've identified where we are, 
in our walk with God and our, in our relationship with God. Uh, what is your plan for 2020? So what's your spiritual growth plan for 2020? Do you need to join a Bible study? Do you need to learn more about God's word? Do you need to even do a word study on grace or forgiveness or love? Like what is the Bible's definition of mercy? You know, uh, for me, a subject that we'll be talking about, I'm sure in the coming upcoming episode is this idea of Sabbath and rest. Uh, like I, that is a word that has just got my attention right now and that I'm trying to learn everything I can about what God's intentions for us are when it comes to this area of rest. Do you need to, um, do you need to, to spend more time in prayer? Do you need to carve time out of your schedule to, um, to read the word more or to pray more or to, uh, do you need to start going to church? Maybe you're not even in a church right now. You're not connected to a faith community. Do you need to start getting yourself connected to a faith community. Yeah. Or maybe you do go to church, but you're the type that slips in and slips out. And let me just tell you, like, I am so passionate about, uh, just people being in community with other people, other believers. Like it is the hugest help in your life. And if you are just going to church, checking off the Sunday box, we went great. Awesome. Done. Um, this year, get in a small group, like get in a growth group, get in a, a smaller group of people where you can know and be known, where you have accountability to grow, where you can, it's, it becomes after a little while, even if it's uncomfortable at first, more comfortable to talk about the things of God. And those people can encourage you in your faith. That is, I mean, if you are just feeling like you're disconnected from, you know, what it looks like to have a spiritual walk that's going to help you huge this year do it yeah absolutely absolutely so that about wraps up our personal inventory questions for 2020 and i hope that this has been uh value added to you i hope that listening to last week and this week has been not just a bunch of information but a bunch of useful tools that you can apply to your life and that you can actually take an honest inventory of where am I at currently and where do I feel that God is calling me to be in 2020. Again, it's bigger than just goal setting. It's bigger than just winning in certain areas. This is a way for you to actually move towards holiness in your life. Yeah, and after this um, this ends here in about 30 seconds, how this translates from you just hearing the ideas and going, oh, that's a good question, is when we're done talking, you need to find time tomorrow morning, get alone, get quiet, and look back over these questions and decide what your answers are yeah. instead of just listening to, oh, this was these were good questions. I need to remember those. It Just go, just push yourself to do the one step further of actually answering them. Yeah, journal them out. Yeah. Uh, like what I have found, I've answered these questions uh, – every year for the last several years. And what I do is I journal them out in my Evernote. And I, you would. <laughs> what's interesting, <laughs> what's interesting is that I can go back and look at previous years and I can say, Oh man, look where God has brought me like, or look where God has brought us. Uh, because man, in that moment I was feeling disconnected from God and man, I just, I don't feel that way anymore. I, or in that moment we needed to make some changes as it, as it relates to our schedule and how we were spending our time and look, we've made those adjustments and look at the benefit. And, um, you know, we did the pruning now look at the growth that has come out of that. So 
At any rate, I hope these have been helpful for you. We'd love to hear from you. We hope you'll connect with us over on Facebook at Thriving at Home Pod or on Instagram at Thriving at Home Pod. And we do. We want to hear from you. We want you to jump in. Um, let's let's ignite this community with feedback and encouragement for one another. And we hope you guys have an incredible start to 2020. And we'll see you next week. See you later. <laughs>